Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to our um, ATA Chinese Language Division podcast. My name is Jessie. I'm a member of the uh, American Translator Association and the Division of Chinese Language. And today joined with me is Roni. Uh, Roni and I were colleagues first, and then we became classmates, and we both recently graduated from Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey, and the school, uh, we both graduated from the Chinese Language uh, Conference Interpreting Program. The school is commonly known and referred to by the name of MIS, M-I-I-S. I would like for uh, Roni to introduce himself. Sure. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Roni. And by the way, Jesse, I think we met first through the ATA network. Was that right? Yes, yes, yeah. we certainly did. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, my name is Roni Gao. I have been a member of both the CLD and the ATA for the last four years, I think. And I've been a conference speaker at the annual conference for the past two years. Again, my pleasure to be uh, joining you today, Jesse. Uh, thanks, Ronnie, for making the time to uh, to make this podcast and to share your experience. But first and foremost, I would like to uh, congratulate you. This is certainly a big thing in school that uh, you recently represented our school to uh, at this international um, competition held in Beijing, and you won the first prize with one of other classmates. Uh, why don't you share with us the experience of going through the competition? Was it stressful? Um, how did you like it? Thank you, Jesse. Indeed, it was stressful, of course. I'm really glad it was over <laughs> now. I can't believe it's, it's over. Uh, yeah, so like you said, it is a tournament technically held in Beijing with some contestants uh, going to Beijing and they were all in the same interpreting lab uh, to compete. And other, I think half of the teams competing remotely with the same content. So there was some time difference. Uh, we took part in it when it was nighttime over here in North America and morning there in Beijing. And I think some of the UK schools had to um, uh, those students had to wake up super early and take part in the afternoon portion of the uh, competition in Beijing. But, uh, you know, it's kind of incredible that it all worked out and uh, it was the same group of uh, judges. And uh, I'm really, really glad that uh, we did represent our school well and took the prize home. Okay, that's certainly a phenomenal thing that you did. You represented the school uh, under a lot of pressure and stress because I know I wouldn't have had the courage to do it myself. So um, kudos to you, um, very good. Um, so let's talk about going back to school. I know it was not an easy decision for me to stop working and going back to school. And uh, I remember before going back to school, I actually reached out to you and asked for your opinion hmm. and some advice. And you were so kind and you actually had some uh, practice sessions with me to get me more prepared, which I really, really still feel thankful uh, till today. Uh, why don't you tell us how you came to the point of joining the program and uh, then I can probably share some of my insights too about why I joined the program. Uh, sure, my, my answer to your question would be a little bit ironic because this was all thanks to COVID-19. I decided to give it a try since the, at the 
time, I think it was around uh, April or May of 2020, the Middlebury Institute announced that they will continue with remote instruction for the fall semester. And that gave me hope that I might be able to just complete this program without leaving my home in Toronto. And I did do that. And I did do that without leaving Toronto and moving to Monterey. To, to borrow your words, you know, it's uh, when there's no work, it's the perfect time to work on your skills and upgrade your skills, hopefully. Those who know me would know that I'm such a nerd that I generally enjoy being a student anyway. So the idea of going back to school, although it's virtually, um, and, and being a student again was actually quite attractive to me this whole time. That's, um, yeah, but what about um, the actual program? How do you feel that has benefited you in terms of, um, does it, has it made your interpreting skills better? Do you feel that you are, uh, you've broken through some uh, bottlenecks in your interpreting skills? Have you met the right people? Do have you have you expanded your network, so to speak, through the maybe one year program at NIS? Uh, and then also just our listeners, for our listeners, our program is usually two years, but Roni joined us uh, from the second year on because he took the advanced entry exam and he was able to shorten the uh, length of study to one year instead of two years. Yes, right. Thanks for uh, uh, mentioning that as well, Jesse. So, you know, my answers to all of your questions above is yes, 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 and yes. All boxes checked. Uh, like I always say, the investment is not just for the classes that you take. It's a whole package. It's the training itself. It's the prestige of the school. It's alumni network and all of the unforeseen opportunities that you simply don't know exist until they come to you. And uh, I guess the the tournament you just mentioned was a good example. Uh, I couldn't have imagined uh, taking part in such a thing uh, had I not joined the program. I remember two years ago, uh, you know her, Winnie, uh, our uh, career mm. counselor, a very wonderful uh, lady who's always there to help us. She once said something that an interpreter or a translator in this profession, we are our own business. So yes, skills, very important. Yes, we need to always be on top of our game. But it is also important we have the network because we run the business ourselves. And she gave this very um, astonishing uh, analogy that really spoke to me. She said, it's like a train track. On one side, you have your skills. And then on the other side, you need to manage your network. You need to know uh, how to deal with the your clients and your uh, the people that you, that are in business with you your your booth partners so you can run a business successfully so for a train if you have just a single track the train cannot travel the train has to be on the two track so that uh, I thought was such a wonderful analogy and also your uh, your experience at Miss certainly spoke to that analogy. Yeah, exactly. That. Thank you for putting that so well. Um, I, I wanted to add a third dimension to it. Like you said, that you know your uh, professional skills, the interpreting skills is is one track. Business skills, um, which is a broad term, of course, is the second one. And nowadays, I feel 
increasingly that there is a third dimension to it, which is you have to be tech savvy as well、mm. in order to survive and thrive in this profession. It's Zoom that made everything possible. Yes,、uh, for me in this past year, you know, all of our classes and even exams、uh, were taken on Zoom.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's Zoom that made a lot of things more accessible and more affordable, including the interpretation service that we provide, and that is going to be the new normal. So,、mm-hmm. uh, in terms of teaching and pedagogy, I'm also a big believer in you know moving forward using a hybrid mode of teaching.、Mm-hmm. I think even when we completely Put this pandemic behind us. There are still some good reasons to continue continue with some elements of online teaching,、uh, mm-hmm. even when we don't have to.、Uh, I think that's an interesting point, and we happen to be, I would say, the first batch of trained interpreters who really have to or really forced. Uh, to get used to working with Zoom, whether it's uh, working. Um, A conference or through school exams, and how do you like that? Did you feel that,、uh, or did you think it was going to affect the quality of your training? Not so much affecting my quality, the quality of the training, but rather made it possible for me to do the program in the first place. Simply、mm-hmm. put, I'm in a situation where I would not have been able to attend the program in person, so I. Don't have much to complain about the school being on Zoom, and in、mm-hmm. fact, like I said, there are some silver linings to it. But I think you know it comes with pros and cons. Of course, there's the elements of you know social interaction, the、uh, chemistry,、um, for lack of a better word, that'll be missing、uh, when we don't physically see each other. Well, we see each other on Zoom, but when we don't. You know, see each other in the same room, uh, but uh, it also came with some unexpected uh, perks. Uh, we could have more guest speakers that are located all around the world. We can have practice sessions with schools from even other interpreting schools or even other continents, and also we can learn a useful skill, which is. RSI, a remote simultaneous interpreting, that will prove to be so helpful after we graduate anyway.、Uh, remote interpreting has been around, maybe not so much as in Zoom interpreting, but telephonic interpreting has、uh-huh. always been there. But I think this pandemic just really accelerated that shift to where uh, online. Uh, interpreting or RSI is more acceptable, and people or clients are basically. Uh, seeing the advantage that RSI is offering, and、uh, on a different note, I know you're quite experienced in RSI. Do you have any、uh, tips or tricks that maybe you can share with us, since a lot of these works are going to be online now? Well,、uh, that's a good question.、Uh, we can talk for three days and three nights about it,、uh, but I'll just say. Two things come to mind. One is to make sure that you are well equipped with the right hardware and software,、um, and make sure that you are really familiar with whatever technology that is to be used. And the second is to, in my opinion, it、uh, you sh- you should no one should lower their fees. Uh, for the service, simply because they are delivering the service online.、Um, if anything, RSI has been shown to be harder than in-person or 
um, interpreting in a in a physical uh, booth. So uh, in my experience, luckily in the last twelve months, that has not been the case. Generally speaking, uh, fees are not pushed down as much as people had initially thought they would be, uh, which is good for us all. I remember before or when I was still in the process of making the decision whether to go to Miss or not, mm -hmm. uh, I thought, well, I wasn't going to get much more paid if I just graduate from Miss with that degree because my line of work, right, it doesn't really uh, matter if we have a a degree, but rather just that certification, but I still decided to go and only now and only today after two years, I have come to appreciate how much I would have missed had I not made that decision, and I was so glad that I did, and I want to really tell everyone that if you feel it, just do it. Sometimes we may not actually see the reason why, and I think just like Roni and I both have agreed on that there are so many opportunities we just don't know that are just around the corner uh, are waiting for us, but we don't know. But if we don't take the step towards it, we will never be able to find out. And I think that's the amazing part. And uh, that's really just the crux of the the, uh, the profession, really. Just like you never know what's going to be your next assignment, what's not, uh, what's going to be the next topic you will be interpreting. Mm -hmm. uh, so always get ready and always be prepared. Uh, and that's also the exciting part about this profession, I think. Exactly. I, I cannot agree with you more, Jesse. So uh, the, the, the one point I would make here, though, is that professional development isn't about doing this for one year and not touching it again. That won't work either. So what you and I did in the last year, I don't regret doing it. But I think the most effective professional development training should be small doses on a regular basis, mm -hmm. even though you have degrees, even though you have this and that credential, I think it's still imperative that mm -hmm. you get some training, attend workshops and, and chat with people and hear what others, hear about what others are doing in the field every once in a while. And for that reason, I also highly recommend the ATA annual conferences, which I think is a great way of, you know, exposing yourself to some of the newer trends in the field and also get your uh, your skills up to speed and to quote a recently um popularity gaining word i certainly echo that joining <laughs> ata because without ata without going to that conference in 2018 i would not have met winnie i would not have learned about middlebury institute of international studies at monterey and i would not have met you roni and i would not have uh, known a lot of the things that i do know today you will never know what you missed until you see what you almost would have missed i think that's the best way to put it. So I believe in this saying that always saying yes, err on the side of saying yes, just go do it already. I echo that. I echo everything you just said. Very good. That would conclude our uh, program for today. Okay, well, thank you everyone for listening.